God laughs at the global elite who are trying to supersede him. God is dead, according to the World Economic Forum, who have also declared that Jesus is fake news and that WEF leaders have acquired divine powers to rule over humanity. Welcome to Understanding the Times Radio with Jan Markell, Radio for the Remnant, brought to you by Olive Tree Ministries. Today, Jan begins a two-part series with Pastor J.B. Hickson on the rush to global government. Why are the global elites so determined to form their own kingdom they call the Reset or the New World Order? Will the church even be around to witness this? We feel the content of the programming the next two weeks is essential if we are to understand the times from a biblical perspective. Here is today's programming. Welcome to the program. So glad you can join me today for Understanding the Times Radio. I'm actually starting a two-part series again. We're going to be talking to Pastor J.B. Hickson because we are carrying a couple of his books. More recently, we added Volume 2 of Spirit of the Antichrist, The Gathering Cloud of Deception. We don't have to look very far to see the Spirit of the Antichrist. Here in my hometown of Minneapolis, we see it frequently in the rising crime and violence on our streets, pretty typical of the blue Democrat cities and states that seem to favor the criminal and don't care a whole lot about the victims of crime. I'm always reminded when we talk about evil schemers in high places, Psalm 2, God laughs at the global elite who want to mimic God's kingdom. They recently did exactly that in their global gathering in Davos in mid-January, which is an annual meeting that openly displays, I'll be blunt, its hatred for the God of the universe, for they see themselves as God, and they openly so state. They are driven by the spirit of the Antichrist, who has been alive and well for thousands of years. The organization behind that, the World Economic Forum, It's a very dark organization, but don't be discouraged because God has the last say. I believe their great reset is the tribulation from which believers are absent. They may have a seven-year time that they would consider their glory days. It won't be so glorious, but the return of Jesus Christ will put an end to it. Now, on the World Economic Forum agenda is global government, a global digital currency, a false global religion, the agenda of climate alarm, and quite frankly, they're trying to rush into Revelation 13. I want to play a real short clip by Pastor Tom Hughes. Here he is actually commenting on that World Economic Forum meeting in Davos. Again, that was mid-January. They generally meet one time, sometimes twice a year, usually in Davos, which is a city in Switzerland, and sometimes they have to have online meetings. I just want to play this clip of Tom Hughes. I'll come back and comment, and then I'm bringing on my guest, Pastor J.B. Hickson. As I watch what's taking place, the World Economic Forum is holding its annual meeting in Davos, Switzerland, and it appears to me we are watching the birth of the system of the beast. Once again, the world elites are gathering to plan the future for everyone else. They couch their plans in terms of problem solving. But lucky for them, there are a massive number of problems to solve. I mean, just think about it. As we look at everything that's going on, what a mess. As we look at everything that's such a mess, maybe luck has nothing to do with it. 
Lots of today's problems are the result of old solutions they foisted on the world in years past. Sometimes they make up problems or they blow them completely out of proportion, and this allows elites to gain their power by proposing fixes for those non-existent or greatly exaggerated problems. Just consider some of these things. So with this meeting, for example, Klaus Schwab, he opens the World Economic Forum annual meeting with a call, you ready for this, to master the future. Wow. And then check this out. This is an actual tweet coming from the World Economic Forum. Check this out. Welcome to 2030. I own nothing, have no privacy, and life has never been better. Now, the World Economic Forum has removed the landing page, but the tweet stays up. That is just incredible. Let me read that again. Welcome to 2030. I own nothing, have no privacy, and life has never been better. And then, of course, central bank digital currencies are coming, whether countries are ready or not. Then, of course, there is more. Think of this. World Economic Forum says the next thing to worry about is a catastrophic cyber shutdown. So what are some other goals of this internationalist globalist organization? Well, they want to upgrade humans into gods. They want to form a one-world currency. Tom Hughes just referred to it there, central bank digital currency. Get familiar with CBDC. They want to reduce the population. They want a surveillance system. They want to enhance artificial intelligence that will be smarter than humans. They want lab-grown meat. They want us to eat bugs. Not kidding. They want to create global communism as people will own nothing and be happy. They want to diminish the role of America. Their motto of build back better is another term for order out of chaos. Ultimately, it is to eradicate God and create God-like humans. Now, if you can wrap your brain around that, I think you know we're in the last days. They certainly want to destroy the uniqueness of mankind, and therefore we have this so-called gender surrender movement. Pastor J.B. Hickson, welcome back to Understanding the Times Radio. Great to be with you, Jan. Thanks for having me on. So I have in front of me your newest book, Spirit of the Antichrist, The Gathering Cloud of Deception. And in that intro, which I apologize for the length of it, I felt I had to set the stage for this rather important hour. Where to begin? upgrade humans into gods. Did you think you would live to see that? Never. In fact, what comes to my mind is the passage in Romans 1, 24 and 25, where it says, God also gave them up to uncleanness and the lusts of their hearts to dishonor their bodies among themselves, who exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator. And that word exchanged is only used twice in the entire New Testament, the Greek word metalasso, and it's both times right there in Romans 1. I thought it was interesting that when you look it up in a variety of different lexicons, of course, it means to alter or change, which is what the Luciferians and globalists are trying to do. But it also has the idea of to die or to cease or to leave. And the Luciferian globalists are trying to kill the truth. They've left God and they've ceased operating in the realm of truth. As that clip that you played from Tom Hughes shows, they couch it in terms of trying to solve a problem but it's the age-old satanic model of problem-reaction-solution, where they have a solution in mind already that they want to foist upon the world, but they need us to come crying to them and say, help us with these problems. Always beware when the globalists and Klaus Schwab and the Davos men and women talk about helping us with our problems. It's actually just the opposite. And I ran through some bullet points. 
that's part of their agenda, again, reducing the population. And by the way, this is a bit of an aside. It's really not off topic, but I wanted to ask your opinion when we get into the issue of those who want to reduce the population. And by the way, they usually want to reduce it by 80 and 90 percent. Your thoughts on the Georgia Guidestones, and they actually were blown up last July, that had the Ten Commandments of the New World Order on it, first of which is reduce the population. Do you think there's a connection? No question. We actually have visited the Georgia Guidestones in our research. This was a few years ago. I talk about them in Volume 1 of Spirit of the Antichrist. It's quite mysterious where they appeared from. I think there's no doubt that it was put there by some pawn of the Luciferians who bought into their Ten Commandments. And if you know much about the Guidestones, they list those Ten Commandments in different languages. Right. Yeah, they were blown up and they are no longer there. And I wish we could say the same about the Luciferian agenda. In my study of the Guidestones, R.C. Christian, looking deep into his history, apparently was a Rosicrucian. And we're going to actually get into that in a few minutes when we get into some secret societies and their efforts at forming global government. And folks, that's what these two programs are about. The rush to the one world system. Who's a part of this agenda? We're focusing on heavily, at least part one of our programming, on the World Economic Forum. This week, we may not take the whole hour for that, but we'll take a portion of the hour. I just want to play one more clip, JB, going back to their meeting mid-January in Davos. This is John Kerry, and he's saying that he, Mr. Kerry, and quite frankly, those at Davos are a part of a select group saving the planet. And when you stop and think about it, it's pretty extraordinary that we, select group of human beings, because of whatever touched us at some point in our lives, are able to sit in a room and come together and actually talk about saving the planet. I mean, it's so almost extraterrestrial to think about, quote, saving the planet. And if you said that to most people, most people, they think you're just a crazy tree-hugging, lefty, liberal, do-gooder, whatever, and there's no relationship. But really, that's where we are. You look at what's happening with species. Half the species of the planet have been already killed. And if you look at the way we live, the incredible sort of destructive process of growth, the way we interpret it, not as enlightened growth, but as a robber baron growth, uh, driven by a lot of different things. We had 18 separate $1 billion cost events in the United States last year. And you look at Pakistan, where 30 million people in one single event were displaced and their lives were affected. Extraordinary upheaval. And that situation in Pakistan was tragic. JB, you want to comment on that? It's so hypocritical, typical of the Luciferians. John Kerry flies around on a $5 million Gulfstream G4 private jet while he's lecturing everyone else on their carbon footprint. As I get into in my Spirit of Antichrist Volume 2 book, the whole climate change agenda is a key linchpin in rolling out their one world system politically, religiously, and economically. You say this, I'm quoting you here. Did you know there is a global game of King of the Hill taking place right under our noses? It is a battle that has been raging since the Garden of Eden, and it has shifted into high gear over the last 2,000 years. At its core is a spiritual unseen battle between good and evil. And these are my comments here, JB, because I observe that in the last 100 years, we've seen giant steps taken for this one world system, staggering progress, 
I didn't expect to see, at least some of it here in the more recent years. Your thoughts on that? I absolutely agree that the last 100 years, really the turn of the 20th century, is when the globalists set in motion their plan to first take down America and then ultimately cross the finish line in their one world system. I talk about this in the book. You go back to the Rockefellers, the Carnegies, and the way they intentionally took over medicine and education and the scientific community and the colleges and universities, compulsory government schooling and the economics with the rolling out of the Federal Reserve. It was all intentional. As I explained in the book, really America is the one thing standing in their way. They originally wanted America to be a beachhead for the New World Order. That's why they called it the New World. But they vastly underestimated the power of God's people, the power of faith, the power of God's word. Of course, if you know American history, you know that God's fingerprints are all over the history of our country. But it took them a lot longer, but eventually they were able to come in and take control. They've been targeting the 2020s for almost 100 years now as their end game. It really is fascinating when you begin to see this king of the hill game emerge and the usual suspects are standing atop the hill giving orders. You're listening to Understanding the Times Radio. I'm Jan Markell. I have on the line from Colorado, Pastor J.B. Hickson. He pastors Plum Creek Chapel in Sedalia, Colorado. He's written many books, and we're carrying two of them, Spirit of the Antichrist, The Gathering Cloud of Deception, Volume 1 and Volume 2. I'm focusing my comments heavily for the next two weeks on Volume 2. JB, going back to my bullet points again, and you just touched on this a second ago, because one of their goals has been the diminishing role of America, which is tough for everyone to watch day by day. Then their motto of build back better is just another term for order out of chaos. Can you help us understand that? They love to twist words, as the passage I read a moment ago from Romans 1 They love to completely twist and turn truth on its end. So they've deconstructed language, for example, when they talk about sustainability or smart meters and smart devices. All of that means just the opposite. It goes back to the garden when Satan first confronted Eve, and everything he said was a lie, and he twisted God's word. Hath God really said? So you really need to learn to speak, or at least interpret, that code language of what they're saying. So when they say build back better, what they mean is better for them according to their agenda. And they're trying to usher in this utopian world in their mind, which is really a dystopian world for the rest of us, in which they are the ones that are sitting in rulership and they have a few million serfs underneath them that are there to serve them. But the rest of us are useless breathers that need to get out of the way. And you all know Harari actually talks about how most of the common people are useless and of no value anymore and need to be exterminated. I have a short clip here. It certainly references Harari. The messaging coming out of the WEF is becoming increasingly sinister, with Klaus Schwab taking on the role of terrorist group leader, using communications channels to issue ultimatums to humanity. Do what I say or else. According to Schwab, the new internet will only be available to those who submit to the WEF's biometric digital ID. In a new speech given in the lead-up to the World Economic Forum's annual summit in Davos this week, a triumphant Harari doubled down on Schwab's disturbing claims and boasted that the WEF has gained more power than the Soviet KGB or the Spanish Inquisition ever had. Until today, nobody had the necessary computing power and the necessary data to hack humanity. Even if the Soviet KGB or the Spanish Inquisition followed you around everywhere, 24 hours a day, 
watching everything you do, listening to everything you say. Still, they didn't have the computing power and the biological knowledge necessary to make sense of what was happening inside your body and brain and to understand how you feel and what you think and what you want. However, according to Harari, this is now changing and the WEF has made major breakthroughs in understanding organisms. WEF scientists, drawing on what Harari calls the great insights of modern life sciences that he says began with Charles Darwin, have decided that organisms are algorithms. According to Harari, humans are not only hackable, but we are no different to viruses or bananas. This guy is so creepy, J.B. Hickson, this Yuval Noah Harari, saying humans are hackable. He's a god-hater, that's putting it mildly. Give me your thoughts. Most of your listeners are well acquainted with Harari by now. Uh, he is Schwab's right-hand man. If you were to make an analogy with the beast and the false prophet, you might say that Schwab is the beast and Harari is the false prophet. He wants to upgrade humans into gods. He, of course, has said multiple times that humans are hackable animals. As the quote that you just played, he doesn't think in terms of organisms. He thinks in terms of algorithms. And he says the whole idea that humans have a soul and free will is over. One quote that should chill Christians to the bone is he recently said, God is dead. It's just taking a while to bury the body. We naive, ignorant human beings that still believe in God need to get with the program and recognize he's no longer around. Last summer, he did an interview with Chris Anderson from TED, and he said, quote, we just don't need the vast majority of the population in the 21st century, given modern technologies. And he showed no sympathy for common people, quote unquote, that he thought were being left behind in this technocratic future that is run by the real smart people, his words. So he's an evil man to the core. He has mocked God. He wrote an article years ago, even before this latest Great Reset push, in which he talked about the rise of the useless class. And he said 99% of human qualities and abilities are redundant. We can recreate them in our own manner. And Jen, that's really what this globalist movement is all about. It's an elitist, transhumanist movement where they want to be God and they want to create life. Isaiah tells us Satan ascended to the heights of the clouds, referring there to the third heaven from which God rules. And he wants to take over the dwelling place of God and become like the Most High God. These are just his human accomplices, and Harari and Schwaber right there at the tip of the spear doing his bidding. You use the term there, transhumanism, and why don't you give us a definition for that? Now, I've talked about it on this program before. I posted articles about it, but I think it's still a bit of a mystery to some of my listeners anyway, because you really almost have to see a video to completely understand what transhumanism is. Give us a couple-minute definition here. It all comes down to understanding that prefix trans. Anytime you put trans in front of a word, essentially you're changing the entire meaning of that word. Transgender means gender no longer has meaning. So transhuman, the first one to use that word was the Darwinian eugenicist Julian Huxley from the famous Huxley satanic family. He's the brother of Aldous Huxley. Many people might know him as the author of A Brave New World. Julian, from 1946 to 48, after the war, he was the director of UNESCO, the United Nations Educational, Scientific, and Cultural Organization. That's a leading Luciferian-controlled group that advances the Luciferian agenda. That term, transhumanism, comes from Julian Huxley's paper that he wrote in 1957, which was titled Transhumanism. And he says, the human species can, if it wishes, 
transcend itself, not just sporadically, an individual here in one way, an individual there in another way, but in its entirety as humanity, end quote. Transhumanism flows from that Darwinian lie that mankind is getting better and better. They claim we began billions of years ago as a wet rock and evolved into a species we now call Homo sapiens. And they're saying just as humans evolved well beyond a wet rock over millions of years, tomorrow's humans will transcend beyond Homo sapiens and become post-human, something they see as much better. It just goes back to their effort to create life. They're trying to merge man and machine. They call it the bio-digital convergence. What they fail to recognize is that only God has the power to create. God spoke the world into existence, ex nihilo, Latin for out of nothing. These transhumanists are directly assaulting God as the creator, trying to deface and debase the image of God and man. They're doing that by their attacks on gender, and they're trying to achieve divine status. That's what sets God apart. He's the creator. They are not, and they're trying to become the creators. Talking to Pastor J.B. Hickson this hour, carrying his newest book, Spirit of the Antichrist, The Gathering Cloud of Deception. I want to play one more clip by Tom Hughes. Folks, I listened to a ton of audio clips on the World Economic Forum, reviewing it post-conference. It was held mid-January, but I found very few from a biblical perspective. I did find Tom Hughes commenting very effectively on it. Listen, I'm not calling Klaus Schwab the Antichrist nor am I saying that his organization is knowingly preparing the world for the coming of Antichrist. My point is that they are showing us the pattern that the Antichrist will use in his rise to power. The world of Antichrist will face many of the same problems it faces now, but the severity of those problems will be ratcheted up to seemingly untenable extremes, and frankly, that won't take much ratcheting up from where we already are. This year, The World Economic Forum, get this, is listing two sets of what they consider the world's 10 most urgent points of danger. Ready? A list of two-year problems and a list of 10-year problems. Some are repeated in each list, and they tend to mirror problems that the Antichrist system will be designed to address. The two-year list, for example, begins with the cost of living crises. They don't say inflation maybe because inflation comes primarily from government overspending, something their policies have encouraged for decades. I mean, they're creating these things. I mean, you look, you go, it's like the person who lights the fire comes along and sells you the fire extinguisher. That's what's going on. And their 10-year list starts with failure to mitigate climate change. In fact, 11 of the 20 listed problems come under the heading of climate change and the environment. People under 30, and especially those under 20, are petrified of climate change and all the other fears being peddled along with it. I think the point is, J.B. Hickson, a man with a plan is waiting in the wings because the problems on Earth are getting overwhelming and almost unsolvable. So the Antichrist system will address the problems. The gang in Davos in mid-January is setting the stage for the Antichrist to come in as the man with a plan. No question. I love Tom's analogy there of the fire extinguisher. Again, it goes back to that problem, reaction, solution, the Hegelian dialectic. They create the problem so that we're forced to use their solution. One of the things I love about Bible prophecy and having written and talked about it for 30 years now in ministry is that it gives room for people to give different viewpoints and speculation. And I would disagree slightly with Tom's view about whether or not the people at the tip of the spear in the Luciferian agenda 
understand that they're paving the way for the Antichrist? I think they absolutely do. And I make that case in my Spirit of the Antichrist series, connecting what a lot of people today call the deep state or the global elite. Sometimes they couch it in terms of a right-left paradigm, the conservatives and the progressives. It goes way beyond that scripturally to a literal satanic agenda. And at the top of that sphere, there are people getting their marching orders directly from Satan. As Psalm 2 talks about, they are conspiring with Satan to try to break the cords of God's control. And I really believe, based on my research, that the likes of Schwab and Harari, they understand who their leader is, and they understand that it's leading up to a one-world, tyrannical, satanically indwelt leader. And I believe that in some cases, they might even hope it's them. They're candidating before Lucifer to be the guy someday. Not everybody obviously does. The lower down the totem pole you get, they're not aware. It's a need-to-know basis, and they're just in it for their own power and money and whatever other agendas they have. But I think people need to recognize, ultimately, this is a spiritual battle. Ultimately, they're looking for a crisis continually. And we had the COVID dilemma, which changed the world. I mean, almost 200 nations cooperated in an effort to stamp out the virus. Not very successful. And now we hear that more viruses are on the horizon, according to Bill Gates. But the point is, the one-worlders always need a crisis. I would be right, I'm sure. Oh, yeah, that's their MO, is a crisis. But going back to that transhumanism idea, the Satanists really think they can do a better job than God when it comes Mm -hmm. to creating life. And last fall, President Biden signed a very disturbing executive order. The media didn't cover it at all, not surprising there. But the title of the executive order was Executive Order on Advancing Biotechnology and Biomanufacturing Innovation for a Sustainable, Safe, and Secure American Bioeconomy. And essentially what he was doing is trying to eradicate all human rights and anything that stands in the way of the transhumanist agenda. One of the most disturbing lines from that executive order was, we need to develop genetic engineering technologies and techniques to be able to write circuitry for cells and predictably program biology in the same way in which we write software and program for computers. This is their plan, and this is what they talk about in these seminars, these breakout sessions at Davos, like the one in mid-January. You have the big ones, the plenary sessions, but then you have these little think tanks that get together, and this is what they're doing. They only tell us just enough to intrigue us, but they are moving this ball forward. In part two, I want us to consider, again, we haven't left Davos yet, mid-January, but it was a stunning array. Again, we'd have to use the term of global elite, and that's kind of a strange title, but that's the way they perceive themselves. But what does the Bible say? First John 4, 3, the spirit of the Antichrist is at work among us. Well, that has been the case for a long, long time, but I think we're seeing it more and more escalate as we move into the last of the last days. So when we come back, I want to consider climate lockdowns. We've talked about that before on this program. I maintain they're in our future. Some would say immediate future. Others would say perhaps a year or two down the road. I don't think we know. We'll talk more about that in just a moment. So don't go away. I'm coming right back. We hope you'll stay in touch with us online through olivetreeviews.org. That's olivetreeviews.org. You can call us Central Time at 763-559-4444. That's 763-559-4444. Write us through the mail at Olive Tree Ministries in Jan Markell, Post Office Box 1452, Maple Grove, Minnesota, 55311. 
That's Post Office Box 1452, Maple Grove, Minnesota, 55311. All gifts are tax deductible. In the age of fake news and false teaching, thank you for trusting Olive Tree Ministries and Understanding the Times Radio. We are so pleased to be carrying Dr. Ron Rhodes' newest book, 40 Days Through Bible Prophecy, a panoramic survey of the end times and beyond. This book is an engaging and accessible survey of what God has made known about our future through His Word. With helpful question and answer sections and outlines of key takeaways, Ron Rhodes has designed this book to help you retain the big picture truths of Bible prophecy. He will help you identify the chronology of prophetic events from what has already occurred to what is still to come. Find this book in our online store at olivetreeviews.org. That's olivetreeviews.org or call us Central Time at 763-559-4444. That's 763-559-4444. We are in the times of the signs. Learn to identify them through the writing of this trusted apologist, Dr. Ron Rhodes, and his new book, 40 Days Through Bible Prophecy. We recognize the practical implications on the earth today of all that is unfolding before our very eyes. But spiritually speaking, it should thrill us to no end to see that we are getting closer and closer to the Lord's return. It's what you've called trending toward the tribulation. That's a great way to look at it. We know you can't always be by a radio. So if you miss a program, visit our website, olivetreeviews.org. That's olivetreeviews.org and then go to radio, where we feature both the audio and video version of our program. You can also catch the program at oneplace.com and on his channel, Christian TV. Now here are Jan Markell and Pastor J.B. Hickson to wrap up part one of our two-part series. According to the WEF, a new one world religion has arrived and it unites all of humanity in worshipping at the altar of climate science, techno-communism and eugenics. If you find it hard to believe Klaus Schwab's WEF would go this far, you clearly haven't been paying attention to developments in recent times. Klaus Schwab's right-hand man, Yuval Noah Harari, has announced that the WEF has been so successful in its plans that it's acquiring divine powers of creation and destruction. The blasphemy doesn't stop there. Harari also promises that the WEF will turn humans into gods. Developing even bigger powers than ever before, we are really acquiring divine powers of creation and destruction. We are really upgrading humans into gods. We are acquiring, for instance, the, the power to re-engineer life. Welcome back. Talking for the hour with Pastor J.B. Hickson, basing our conversation on the recent Davos meeting, which featured 2,700 global leaders from 130 nations. There was 52 heads of state present. This is mid-January. And they're planning all sorts of mischief, and that's putting it mildly. So I wanted to review that happening with my guest for this week and next week, Pastor J.B. Hickson, because we are featuring two of his books, The Spirit of the Antichrist, The Gathering Cloud of Deception, 
Volume 1 and Volume 2. I'm basing the discussion this week and next heavily on his Volume 2 of that book. And you can find it in my bookstore, olivetreeviews.org, olivetreeviews.org. You can call my office. You can get on my newsletter lists. J.B. Hickson, I wanted to get to a couple of more points here before we move on to some other topics. I alternate between thinking these folks are simply delusional or are they inspired by the devil? Perhaps they make perfect sense in their own heads and their goals are perfectly laid out in their own minds. But to you and me, what they are saying and even trying to accomplish is delusional. However, God's going to give them a window of about seven years to accomplish some very evil things. The church will be gone, but the unbelieving world will be left behind. I think it's both and. They are both delusional and also demonically inspired. The Bible says that deception is going to get worse and worse the closer we get to the rapture and the tribulation that follows. On some levels, they are literally demonically either inspired or in some cases possessed. But I think on others, I think they've done a good job of deceiving their underlings. So I think you have some well-intentioned scientists out there that really believe the world is going to come to an end and they need to save the polar bears. And they're out there propagating these lies about climate change in the same way that many medical doctors were propagating lies related to the vaccine. But at the top tier, they know exactly what they're doing and they're trying to deceive the world. I think that's the key part of that verse in 2 Timothy 3.13. Evil men and imposters are getting worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. They are deceived themselves, and yet they are also becoming even better at deceiving the world. I'm reading just a few paragraphs from an article written by Jonathan Brentner. It's titled, Tower of Babel All Over Again, Uniting the World in Opposition to God. Brentner writes, it's the Tower of Babel all over. This time, we don't see a structure stretching heavenward, but rather the World Economic Forum, WEF, led by Klaus Schwab and his close advisor, Yuval Harari. The intent of opposing God and uniting the world under a satanic regime, however, is the same as it was in Genesis 11. During the week of January 16th through 20, the WEF held its annual meeting in Davos, thousands of attendees, CEOs from around the world. He says, don't be deceived by their seemingly benign agenda. Their true intent is both diabolical and deadly. Leo Homan, a blogger and investigative reporter, wrote this about the WEF's attempt to solve the world's problems, most of which they themselves engineered. Now he's quoting Homan. But now the stakes are higher because more of us regular folks are waking up and learning about the true agenda of the WEF's Great Reset and Fourth Industrial Revolution. They intend to digitally enslave the world in a surveillance state based on a global digital ID and a global digital currency to replace cash. And we'll get into that in a few minutes, folks. And then Homan concludes the WEF bemoans the current economic reality in its global risks report, ignoring the fact that most of the economic problems were caused by the very elites who now propose to have solutions. And then Brentner concludes, make no mistake, we live at a time when Satan's kingdom is colliding with God's rule. Very well stated. However, with the clash comes a cause for rejoicing. It signals that Jesus appearing is ever so close, much to the glee of the powers of darkness. The evil and deadly plans of the global elite will appear to succeed for a while. However, their joy will be short-lived. The good news for those of us in Christ is twofold. 
First, the Lord says that the rapture will occur before he pours out his wrath on the world during the time that the Antichrist rules. Second, the colliding of kingdoms. I love that term. The colliding of kingdoms in our day tells us Jesus' return to take us home to glory is imminent. If you want to comment, J.B. Hickson. I love both those guys. I've had the chance to work with Homan in a couple of joint appearances, and I cite him extensively. And of course, Brentner's spot on. He's quite the wordsmith there, just talking about the colliding kingdoms. That's one of the things that's exciting for believers, is that even though these are troubling times, and we ought to be making preparations if the Lord tarries is coming for what may happen in our lifetime, but at the same time, looking at the setting of the stage and seeing the signs of the times, as Jesus tells us to do in Matthew 16, should bring joy. And the rapture is the blessed hope. Paul says in 1 Thessalonians 4 that we should comfort one another with these words. It's kind of a both and. We recognize the practical implications on the earth today of all that is unfolding before our very eyes, but spiritually speaking, it should thrill us to no end to see that we are getting closer and closer to the Lord's return. It's what you've called trending toward the tribulation. That's a great way to look at it. You can reach J.B. Hickson at notbyworks.org, notbyworks.org, if you'd like to communicate with him. Look into his other books as well. Now, a huge focus of Davos 2023, the Green Agenda. We've got Al Gore. Again, nobody covers this other than a few commentaries. From a biblical perspective, there's quite a climate agenda coming up in the tribulation, which these folks don't really want to take into consideration if we could play this clip, because here he is having a meltdown. I don't think he feels his climate agenda has been all that effective, and it never will be because God controls the climate. As the Secretary General said in his brilliant speech earlier today, we are not winning. The crisis is still getting worse faster than we are deploying these solutions, and we need to make changes quickly. Emissions are still going up. All these promises of the last few years to cut emissions, emissions are still going up. When are we going to bring these emissions down? And just to put the science in a slightly different context, people are familiar with that thin blue line that the astronauts bring back in their pictures from space. That's the part of the atmosphere that has oxygen, the troposphere, and it's only five to seven kilometers thick. That's what we're using as an open sewer. If you could drive a car straight up in the air at interstate highway speeds, you'd get to the top of that blue line in five minutes. And all the greenhouse gas pollution would be below you. We're still putting 162 million tons into it every single day. And the accumulated amount is now trapping as much extra heat as would be released by 600,000 Hiroshima-class atomic bombs exploding every single day on the Earth. That's what's boiling the oceans, creating these atmospheric rivers and the rain bombs and sucking the moisture out of the land and creating the droughts and melting the ice and raising the sea level and causing these waves of climate refugees predicted to reach one billion in this century. Look at the xenophobia and political authoritarian trends that have come from just a few million refugees. What about a billion? We would lose our capacity for self-governance on this world. We have to act. So in answer to your question, I would say we have to have a sense of urgency much greater than we have yet had, and we need to make some changes. He almost became president of the United States some 20 years ago. Your thoughts, J.B. Hickson, on that clip? It's hard to listen to anything Al Gore says and not get sick at your stomach. Like you, I've been following him for decades, and he's a messed up individual. 
There's no doubt that the climate agenda is really the linchpin right now of what they are using to roll out the one world system. And it had a tough start. If you remember going all the way back to 92 and the Rio summit, they were some leaked documents that came out of Copenhagen that exposed it for a hoax that it was. And they had some backtracking to do and had to quickly get control of it. But now here we are 30 years later, and it is the accepted reality in the scientific community. I remember talking one time, Jan, to a pretty high-level scientist up in Alaska. We were up there for a conference. We're in his home, and he's a believer, but he had bought into the lie of climate change, or what used to be called global warming. He just couldn't see through the deception. It's like Mark Twain said, it's easier to fool people than to convince them they've been fooled. It's difficult to overstate the issue of climate change and how it relates to the Luciferian agenda. Do you feel that the climate lockdowns could be in our future? It would appear that they would be following in the footsteps of COVID lockdowns, perhaps with some of the same goals as, of course, limiting freedom, limiting even travel. But there is every indication that they could be in our future. Yeah, no question. In fact, it all merges together with CBDCs, with digital ID cards and passports and social credit scores, carbon credit scores. If the Lord tarries his coming, Jan, which we hope he doesn't, we say Maranatha, come Lord Jesus. But if he tarries his coming, it's very possible that we will be living in these highly controlled systems and communities where you can travel no more than five miles from where you live and where they will control everything, whether you buy and sell right out of Revelation 13, 17, where no one can buy or sell without the mark of the beast. Now, that's not going to happen before the rapture, the Antichrist and false prophets implementation of it, but they're already putting the systems in place to be able to control what people do in terms of buying and selling. And it's amazing how quickly they're pushing this ball forward. We're kind of reviewing this hour in part one of a two-part series, the World Economic Forum meetings mid-January in Davos. These are the movers and shakers trying to institute a new world order, which I believe will be the tribulation. Right now we're seeing a colossal setup for that tribulation, which is outlined in the Bible, of course. We're looking at the various aspects, some of the multiple topics covered in Davos back in mid-January. And I'm also basing my interview of J.B. Hickson on volume two of his book, Series, Spirit of the Antichrist, The Gathering Cloud of Deception acknowledging that the spirit of Antichrist is everywhere as we speak, and it's been intensifying and intensifying, certainly in the last several hundred years and even in the last decade. I certainly saw it here in the Minneapolis area. My office is just minutes from the George Floyd situation that happened in May-June of 2020. also want to comment just a bit on central bank digital currencies, which is all a part of this agenda discussed in Davos in mid-January. I want to play one more climate clip, and it happens to be climatologist Mark Murano. He has an interesting take on all of this. In this vision, when they say you'll own nothing, you'll be happy, and everything you want to be delivered by drone, they actually have a whole article about how you'll be living in this space, in this city. And you can see some of these cities that's emanating from it. You've seen them in the desert. They have these prototypes where they're just basically a long column, real tall, and people are going to live in their little pods in these places. You won't have to pay rent because during the day, your place will be used by business for a meeting and you can rent it out. When you want to get a blender, say you want to make something, you just hit an app and then a little drone will fly in and it'll deliver the blender right at your house right there. And then you'll use the blender, then you'll put it outside your door, then the drone or the person will come 
pick it up. They have a belief that their system, bureaucratic system, is going to be able to micromanage every level of our lives down to what appliance you don't need to own that you can just order up when you need it and they'll come pick it up when it's done. That is like a utopian, insane vision. And that's partially where they get that from. So they go on and they say meat will be a rare treat. The U.S. will no longer be a superpower. Climate change will be the number one issue that we're facing. They want to abolish all private currency. They're pushing what we call the central bank digital currency, which then makes it, and this is, again, part of the stakeholder capitalism woke, the idea concept of you can't use money, your credit card, your digital currency, if you've said something the state doesn't like, and you can bring up like what happened with Justin Trudeau in Canada, he declared the trucker protest against the COVID mandates terrorists. So what did Justin Trudeau do? He picked up the phone and told the banks, hey, freeze their accounts. The corporate banks were like, yes, sir. Yes, sir. No problem. He called up the insurance companies and said, stop insuring their trucks. Yes, sir. No problem. He called up the banks again and said, stop giving anyone access to their own money if they give them coffee or donuts or any kind of relief or water bottles. So that was the ultimate inclusion. That's what the Great Reset is. So in essence, what Klaus Schwab saw happen in March of 2020 got them so excited that within two months, he gave his major speech in Davos saying, now is the time for a Great Reset. It's a rare, narrow window of opportunity in which to reset the world, reset capitalism, this time in the name of climate change. And COVID has showed us the way. We had a UK House of Lords member who came out and said he was shocked at how, quote, compliant the public was to the COVID regulations. And now is the time to switch over to climate. And then you had a Gates Soros-funded professor named Mariano Mazzucato in Europe say, now is the time to start looking at climate lockdowns. We had COVID lockdowns and now climate lockdowns in order to save the planet. And then the UK Guardian headline and study, we need a COVID-style lockdown every two years in order to save the planet and meet our UN climate emission goals. Again, that was Mark Morano. Your thoughts, J.B. Hickson? He's talking there about how Klaus Schwab was using the COVID crisis to advance the Great Reset. Now, what people need to understand is that the Great Reset has been on their agenda. It was on the WEF website for years before COVID. As I've outlined in Volume 1 of Spirit of the Antichrist, there's all kinds of smoking gun evidence that that was a pre-planned part of their agenda, and they just then took what happened with COVID to help further their agenda. But he's right, as he quoted that one parliament member in the UK, they were shocked, they being the Luciferians, were shocked at how easily all of these control measures went over. And for the first time since Constantine, most churches in America stopped worshiping God on Easter Sunday. That just tells you how easily deceived people are. There is definitely a connection between the climate change agenda, the COVID agenda, and the digital agenda. They're merging them all together to get control. It goes back to Psalm 2. Satan wants to break the cords of God's control. He has control issues, and so do all the Luciferians. They don't like to be controlled. They want to be the ones controlling. I've got an article in front of me. Just read a paragraph or two, because I'd like your input into this, and that is central bank digital currencies. You would call that electronic money. Cash will go away. The article says we are at a crossroads of the dollar losing its prominence and value in the world and the danger of accepting a digital currency controlled by an all-powerful globalist government in exchange for an empty promise of convenience. Folks, they will sell it as convenience. The globalist plan is that instead of using fiat currencies, paper money, and coins, all governments would issue a credit-based system whereby balances and all transactions are recorded digitally. 
Once paper money and coins disappear from circulation, no new money will be printed or issued. The immediate problem with such entirely digital transactions is that the banksters plan to make digital money expire if they are not spent. Additionally, the government will control everything you spend and will approve or disapprove your spending if they deem it helpful or harmful to your health. You are spending it on things not approved by a bureaucratic entity, and balances and expenditures will be tied to social credit scores based on the Chinese Communist Party model. We've talked about this probably a dozen times here on Understanding the Times Radio with a number of guests. It is in the future. Again, is it part of the church age or is it part of the tribulation? Is the reset only the tribulation? JB, I don't think we know. I'm sure you have some thoughts on all this. You're exactly right. Bo Lee is the deputy managing director of the IMF, the International Monetary Fund. He spoke recently at a big seminar on CBDCs, and he literally said CBDCs can allow government agencies and private sector players to program, to create smart contracts, to allow targeted policy functions. And he actually cites the Chinese Communist Party. He says this would be beneficial for controlling people socially and following the model of the Chinese Communist Party. So it all comes back to control. That was a good definition that you read of CBDCs. By the way, I deal with CBDCs pretty extensively in Chapter 2 of Spirit of the Antichrist. And if your listeners want to go to spiritoftheantichrist.org, spiritoftheantichrist.org, they can see the chapter and section headings in the book. But CBDCs are digital tokens that are issued by central banks and intended to replace every other form of monetary transaction. So you won't be able to sell anything at a garage sale to a neighbor without having this digital currency. Now, I believe even though they're talking about rolling it out, the New York Fed even did a trial run of it here recently for six weeks. They will not be able to roll that out globally until after the rapture, because I think America is just not going to stand for it, that this is, again, the one piece of the puzzle that is standing in their way. They've got to bring down America before that. Now, they may bring down America before the rapture, but again, I don't see a fully implemented global digital currency successfully in place until after the Antichrist is in power. Well, that's very interesting. I think I tend to agree with you. Others would call us escape artists. We're wishful thinkers here, but I don't think that's our motivation, is it? No, not at all. And don't get me wrong. I think it's already in place in many, many countries. And I think it may be even 70, 80 percent in place if the Lord tarries is coming very soon, certainly by 2030. I just don't see it being a global tight control grid the way they envision it and the way it will be under the Antichrist regime before the rapture. But I just think it's just too difficult. They'll control major cities and metropolitan areas. They call it the Internet of Things. If we've got time, I'd love to elaborate a little bit on really the five key pillars of this digital transformation. CBDCs is just a part of that. If you could do it in about three minutes, that would be great. And we can carry it over till next week because we'll be doing part two in our programming here next week. Folks, this is part one based on Spirit of the Antichrist, the Gathering Cloud of Deception in our online store. So go ahead, take two to three minutes, JB. The digital transformation has five pillars. It starts with data harvesting, where they get their data and store it in these massive fusion centers like the one in Sandy, Utah. They do that through cameras and lights and facial recognition. The second pillar is cloud services, where everyone is using Google and Amazon and Dropbox and some of those cloud-based technologies. Used to, you'd have to install software from a disk. Now it's all cloud-based. 
Then the third pillar is AI algorithms, where they use those algorithms on your devices. And we've talked a lot about that with Yuval Noah Harari and some of those. The fourth pillar is blockchain technology that store your data and that the AI algorithms that they've come up with then take that data and match it to your digital ID. And then the final pillar is cybersecurity. This idea of cybersecurity is something that we're all familiar with and we don't even realize what it's all about. There is a protocol in cybersecurity called zero trust. You see it all over the place in their writings. And that's where essentially they treat all of us like a criminal and don't allow us to access our own data, our own devices, our own apps, our own computer without jumping through multiple hoops. You're familiar, I'm sure, with the two-factor authentication. That's what they're doing. And they claim, as we've talked a lot about on the program, that they're doing it for our own good, that it's better, that they're trying to watch out for identity theft. But it's not about protecting us. It's never about our best interest. Essentially, it's about controlling us. And so at some point, that zero trust is going to factor in things like your carbon score, your social credit score. And as the clip that you played said, if they don't like something you posted or something you said or how often you drove your car, then they're going to lock you out of your own devices. So be very leery of this concept of zero trust. It's all about control, smart cities, the Internet of Things. And we get into all of this in the book. In our next programming next week, folks, we're going to leave the World Economic Forum. I wanted to review it this hour because there's been sadly not much commentary from a Christian perspective as to what happened in Davos in mid-January. Lots in the secular world, but shamefully little from a Christian perspective. But next week, we're going to continue on talking about some very, very cutting-edge issues as things are changing in front of us on a daily basis as the one-world system gets in its infancy very prominently established. We'll be talking about some things that I think you will find informative and helpful. We'll talk about the coming one-world religion. We'll talk about some government overreach. We might even talk a little bit about UFOs. We'll talk about some of the things Disney is doing, which are a little bit shocking. And I want to talk a little bit about the Catholic Church and how it fits into all the issues that we're talking about as it concerns the spirit of the Antichrist and the gathering cloud of deception. Find both books in my online store, olivetreeviews.org. Let me just quickly say also that Olive Tree now has an app. We are very excited about it. It is available in the App Store for Apple devices and in the Play Store for Android devices. You can search for the Olive Tree logo, the star and the dove, and the app will provide easy access to our radio programs, the live stream of our bi-monthly events, headlines. You can go straight to our social media channels. Lots of opportunities on the app. Let me go out of this program saying this, that 2,600 years ago, Daniel predicted the demise of Satan's kingdom, the one we see forming before our eyes in a dream about the world powers that would come after his King Nebuchadnezzar saw a stone that struck the image on its feet of iron and clay and broke them into pieces, Daniel 2.34. In his interpretation of it, the prophet spoke these words to the king in Daniel 2. And in the days of these kings shall the God of heaven set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed, and the kingdom shall not be left to other people, but it shall break in pieces and consume all these kingdoms, and it shall stand forever. In other words, when God's kingdom comes to earth at the second coming, it will destroy all the earthly realms under the power of the devil through the Antichrist. That is why God sits in the heavens and laughs 
at these foolish men, as it says in Psalm 2. He has the last word. I want to thank you for listening. We'll talk to you again next week. Contact us through our website, olivetreeviews.org. That's olivetreeviews.org. Call us Central Time at 763-559-4444. That's 763-559-4444. We get our mail when you write to Olive Tree Ministries and Jan Markell, Box 1452, Maple Grove, Minnesota, 55311. That's Box 1452, Maple Grove, Minnesota, 55311. All gifts are tax deductible. The world is not spinning out of control because God is always in control and you are engraved on the palm of his hand. Instead, all of the orchestrated events are breaking so that everything can fall into place.